Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, Father, to worship you. Father, we pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom, Father, and it will be to the advancement of your people. And we just pray that it will go out and it will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was sent to do. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So these three guys are going golfing, and they, uh, they got there, and they were getting all ready, and they were all young guys, and they were laughing and cutting up. And right about the time to start, the guy told them, hey, we've added a fourth to your group. We're really booked today, and we've added a fourth to your group. Well, around the corner comes this guy, and he's probably 80. And the three guys are like, oh, man, he just ruined my whole day right here. we got to put up with this guy all day. Well, come to find out, he's the coolest guy they ever met. He's telling jokes, he's telling stories, and all this great stuff. And they have a blast. And when they get to the parking lot, they're like, hey, man, we'd like to play golf with you again. And the guy, old guy stops and looks at him and says, don't talk to me in the parking lot. He said, what do you mean don't talk to me in the parking lot? He said, well, I convinced my wife I was deaf five years ago where I didn't have to listen to her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow the men laugh more than the women. I don't know how that is. Hey, I'm still, I'm still open for suggestions. It is what it is. All right, so what we're going to, man, let me tell you. This is a tough sermon, and if you don't like it, I'm sorry. And because I, I, it's hard. It's a hard sermon to preach, and, and, but it's necessary. And, and just to let y'all know, right? I didn't know y'all was going to be at church today, right? I didn't design this for any individual. So if you feel like, hey, this is pointed at me, Pretend like it ain't, and nobody will know anything different, okay? I, I had one, the, uh, you know, a couple, maybe five, six weeks ago that I had one that was pretty pointed, and it was like an individual that like, man, I really wish this individual could hear it, and they showed up. Now, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That's between y'all and God. I don't decide when you come and when you don't come. So if you don't like it, I'm sorry. Come back next week. It'll be something different. And if you do like it and it was for you, great. So turn with me, if you will. <clears throat> uh, Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8 and verse 5 For those who live according to the flesh Have their mind set on the flesh And the flesh desires But those who live according to the spirit Have their mind set on the spirit's desires For a mind governed by flesh Is death But the mind governed by the spirit Is life and peace the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, and it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So it's the, the title is Submit Yourself to God. And see, that's really difficult in the day's time and age. You know, when these people were poor and, and they had like a tent and a camel and they wandered around submitting themselves to God's plan didn't seem very difficult at the time because there were not a lot of options. But today, what society tells you is you can do whatever you would like. You're, if you're a girl and you want to be a boy, good for you. If you're a boy and want to be a girl, good for you. If you want to go drink and eat and do and whatever else, you can live anywhere you want, you can be anything you want, you can act any way you want, you can talk any way you want, and there's no repercussions. And that is not true. We, as Christians, are supposed to submit ourselves to God and His laws and His commands that how we're supposed to act. 
You're not free to go do whatever you want without repercussions. The example that has been booming in my spirit all week is, is if you go back and go to like four-year-old Robbie, and some of y'all are old enough to remember what four-year-old Robbie was, and I think the word they used was holy terror, a holy terror. So growing up, my nickname was Doodad because I liked the little snack things, right? At, at the hardware store, Jay Davis called me Doobad. He was probably more accurate. If you would have let me do whatever I want to do when I was four years old, and you never corrected me, and you never fixed me, and you never told me what I was doing. I mean, I like bit random people for no apparent reason, right? I would walk up to people. I mean, true? Yeah, okay. I mean, my mama ain't here to defend herself, but I mean, I got spanked every day, and I tease her because I didn't really deserve it. But the truth is, is I really, really probably didn't get spanked enough for what I got away with. But if you allowed me to continue on the path with no correction, do whatever you want, go wherever you want, say whatever you want, there's no way I'm standing here today. That was not it, right? The Bible says if you spoil, spare the rod, you spoil the child. So I was corrected and corrected and corrected, and I'm 47 today and I still get corrected. Why? Because they don't like me? No, it's because they, my parents care deeply for me. So when we are in a relationship with God, and I'm talking about earthly parents who are very flawed in their own rights, right? When you're talking about a relationship with God, we have that same correction. You don't get to change who you are. God made you. And I don't care what anybody says, and I don't care if they blast me on Facebook or whatever. I don't not love the person. I love every one of those people. But I'm going to tell you, God made you how you are. God made me how I am. Five foot seven and three quarters and a bald head. Now, he didn't make me fat. I did that on my own. But five, seven and three quarters and a bald head, I did not choose. I did not vote. We didn't take it like a little survey. And I said, you know, this tall and no hair would be great with me. But when we submit ourselves to God, we have to know that there are rules that are around us. You, you just can't go do whatever you want to do. You can't go to places in that you're not supposed to be in. And I'm trying not to be very specific, but it's probably going to end up specific. But I'll just, this is easy, right? You can't go to Krabby Mike seven nights a week and eat till you want to puke. You weigh 700 pounds. You can't just eat what you want to eat. You can't have 19 Pepsi-Colas in one day. It's not healthy for you. In the same breath, you cannot just act however you want to the, body, to the body of Christ. You are supposed to be an ambassador of God. And see, when you're a little kid, you, the Bible says you're supposed to submit to your parent, right? And that's hard. That's really hard. But as an adult, a lot of us are running around not willing to submit to what God says that we're supposed to be. Love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control is what the Christian is supposed to look like to the outside world. So I'm just going to tell you, if you are not presenting that to the outside world, you have not done a very good job submitting yourself to God. <clears throat> so 
So one way we're supposed to submit ourselves to God is to renew our mind. If you'll flip over a couple pages in mind to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and this is your true and possible, proper worship. For do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, does that say that don't worry about what God's Word says and you can go and act and walk and talk and do what exactly what you want to do? It actually says that you should be killing off your body to not conform to this world, that we should sacrifice our body. Oh, man, this is going to hit home. Oh, Lord. This means that if you eat two Reese's cups and there's a third Reese's cup, you don't necessarily have to eat that third Reese's cup whether you want it or not. Crystal tested me yesterday. We went up the road. I bought a king-size Reese's cup. We didn't eat supper, so we, we got a snack from the gas station on the way home. And I ate my two, and she ate her one, and she set the, the last one on the console in the car and said, you can have this. And I have been reading and praying and meditating over this sermon right here all week. And I watched that Reese's Cup ride on the console of my car from Columbia to St. Stephen's. One time it went to slide and I put it back. I actually, t- no, 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 no. We have to come under submission. We control what our body does. We decide where we go. We decide how we act. Well, that's just how I am. No, that's not acceptable. I don't care. You have to line up with the Word of God. And if your personality or attitude or gender or whatever does not line up with how God designed you, it's the same reason I'm fat. It's your fault. It's my fault. You make those decisions every single day solitary day and that true act of worship he talks about in 12 submitting yourself to god see god built us as a free human he had the angels and he had all of the stuff that listened to every command he didn't want that he wanted something with a free will to choose to worship him to choose to submit to him See, that to choose part. We get to choose. And the truth is, you can go wherever you want, and you can eat whatever you want, and you can do whatever you want. But that don't mean it's good for you. And it sure don't mean it lines up with God's Word. So when you want to line up with God's Word, we have to submit ourselves to who we are in Christ. Now, a lot of us don't know what that is because we don't actually read and absorb that information. But it is imperative that we read and absorb that information and pray and study and be led by the Spirit of God, right? I get to be whoever I want to be. No, 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 no. God called you according to your purpose. He has a purpose for you. I had somebody ask me the other day, how long are you going to preach? So I don't really know. I didn't get to decide that I was going to preach. I was just submitted. I, I didn't pick, bro, y'all know, I mean, I didn't pick. If I'd have told y'all 15 years ago, hey, I'm going to preach, that would have been the best laugh I ever got. 
Y'all know better. Y'all know better. Some of you know real well. The rest of y'all just think you know. But when you're obedient to God, he puts you in places that's not comfortable. He puts you in places that you don't think that's where you belong. He puts you in places to where you give an opportunity, are given an opportunity to expand the gospel to people that wouldn't have listened. I know I've told y'all this before, but <clears throat> Philip's got a buddy that's well, a friend of a friend, and I've met him now in his acquaintance, and I would say he's a friend, but probably not. But anyway, that he had given up on church. Didn't want to hear what church had to say. Because he'd never seen a bigger hypocrite than a pastor stand in a pulpit and tell you what you had done wrong. And then one day, Philip shared this, this on Facebook. And he said, wait a minute, that guy says he sins? And that guy says he's not perfect? And that guy says he doesn't do what he's supposed to do all the time? Well, then I can listen to him. See, people don't want to see you perfect. People want to see you real. People want to see you care about them. That's how you sell the gospel, is you live it. You can't preach it. All right. So we have to submit ourselves to God. Now, I know some of y'all has done listening to these words, and it mattered, and some of y'all didn't. But we also talk about, right, in Ephesians, we're going to talk about Ephesians. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Uh, chapter 5 in verse 21. So Ephesians 5, 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. See, that's not real difficult a lot of times because a lot of folks aren't submitting themselves to God, right? Submit how I submit to God. Oh, okay. That's pretty easy because I don't pay him any attention either. Told y'all it was not an easy sermon. Wives, submit yourself to your husband as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as the Christ is the head of the church, his body, which he is the Savior. Now, the church submits to Christ. Also, wives should submit to their husbands in everything. See, everybody's real good, this man right here, right? And the men are like, yes, you should be doing exactly that. <laughs> 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, and he gave himself up for her. To make her holy and cleaning her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or blemish. See, Christ was willing to die for the church. When you talk about, when you, when you understand what it means to submit yourself to God, right? It, it, it's to be... Lord, I want to do exactly what you want me to do, no matter what. I don't care if it makes me look funny. I don't care if it makes me in uncomfortable situations. I don't care if people are going to talk about me. I don't care if it's going to put me in peril. Even death on a cross. Submitting ourselves to God is to put ourselves 
to where we are willing to do whatever it takes. You know, the disciples all submitted themselves to God, right? They gave up their livelihoods. They gave up everything, and they followed Jesus around. How many of you know that they had really cool retirements? They did not. The disciples saw pretty tragic deaths. Why? Because the enemy was so upset that they submitted themselves to God no matter what. <clears throat> it's not easy. It's not easy submitting yourself to God. And it doesn't really matter who you are. Um, we quit easy a long time ago. Turn me to gospel according to Matthew. Holy moly. Gospel according to Matthew chapter 26 and verse 39. All right, so what, before you flip to there, well, you can, it don't matter. So, so Jesus is getting is being betrayed as we speak right there in the garden of gethsemane he he is praying and, and the disciples have been asleep right and so now now he's he's praying again and going a little farther he fell with his face to the ground and prayed and said my father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as my will but your will that is submitting to god Jesus knew exactly what was fixing to take place. You ever had a dream and you felt like that was going to be your future and you ain't quite got there yet and you were so excited about what was going to happen, right? You could just see it. I just know, I know one day I'm going to marry that girl. That's what I said when Crystal walked in the gym when I was an eighth grader and she was a ninth grader in our last assembly, they don't have assemblies anymore, our last assembly at Macedonia, the, the eighth graders sit down on the floor and, and the ninth and tenth and eleventh and twelfth graders all get to sit in the bleachers because we were the peasants, you know. If y'all were there, if you ever been there, you experienced the peasantry of sitting on the floor watching the upperclassmen walk in. And Stacy Barnett was there and I spoke to Stacy and, and Krista walked by and I said, I'm going to marry that girl right there. Whoo, Lord, that's the one right there. But, but Jesus knew what was getting ready to take place. And he said, if there's any possible way that this isn't how it goes down, I'm for that. But if there isn't, then I want to do your will. We so far away from living in God's will that we can't even make that statement. What you going to say Lord, if it's any possible, if it's not, if it's your will, I would really like to go to Publix and not to the food line, if it's your will. But I will go to the food line if it's your will, but I would really rather go to the Publix. I mean, what are we so upset over? The problem is, is we live in a society that is so acceptable to go and do and whatever you want to do. There is no rules. There's no rules. But if you're a child of God, there is a set of rules. And not only that, we have to submit ourselves to where we are in his will. Man, this all comes back to me every time I go to do an example. It's all back to me. How many of y'all ever been in a situation if you'd have just listened to, to mom and daddy, you would have never got in the bad that you was in, but you didn't, and therefore you was in the middle See, that's how I feel like I live most of my teenage life, right? Mom and daddy would tell me X and I'd do Y. 
And then I'd be in trouble, and I'd call them, and they'd help me. And then the next time I would get in trouble, I would, I'm not calling them, and then I'd end up having to call them anyway, and then I would be in trouble again, right? And I wasn't bad as Sally and, and Emily and, and Stacy because they told on themselves every time whether they were in trouble or not. I did not. I avoided telling on myself when it was possible. But the same way we are supposed to submit ourselves to our parents, we're supposed to submit ourselves to God. And I can't imagine how many times that God said, don't do that, and I did it anyway, and then go, Lord, how'd you get me in this situation? In the, in the book of James, it says that if we submit ourselves to God, the devil will flee. Unfortunately, we don't do that a lot. And the devil's really not after us a lot anyway, because why would he bother you? You're not, you're not doing what we're supposed to do. We're not living according to God's purpose in our life. We don't submit ourselves. We, me. It's difficult. It's difficult. But the goal is that we have to make a conscious decision. A conscious decision that I'm going to submit my life to live according to God's calling in my life. And my purpose, according to God's will, in my life. Not what I want to do, not what you want to do. I want to submit myself to where I can live as a holy and acceptable sacrifice. That I want to renew my mind, that I want to line up with what I say and what I do, lines up with God's teaching and His commandments. That it is first. That it's not, well, I don't feel like it. No, that I'm supposed to do it because that's what God told me I was supposed to do. I don't hide at work where I'm not doing my job because I know that I want to do everything like I'm doing it for God. I don't try to cut corners. I don't talk trash about people. Ooh, that hurts bad. That hurts bad. That hurts bad. I want to live the best way to represent Christ as possible. And it's not flashy, and it's not glamorous, and it's not popular, but it's required. It is so much, it is so important, especially where we're living right now, especially where we're living right now. It is so important that anything that builds itself up against the Word of God, that it has no place in your life. This is one of Daddy's jokes they used to tell with Granddaddy, right? And preaching about the horrors of rock and roll. But right now, there's more music right now that is satanic, that is against the body of Christ, than it has ever that I have, that it's been in the last hundred years, for sure. I would say in all of time, but I don't know what the Druids chanted when they were doing whatever they were doing. But we have to be really careful what we allow into our eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. What we subject ourselves to. Because if it doesn't line up to God's Word, it is not good for you. It is not good for your spirit. It's not good for your mental well-being. It's not good for your physical being. 
we have to submit ourselves that we're going to line up according to God's word. And it's not popular. It's not easy. All right, turn with me one more to Philippians. Oh, I have my finger on it. I couldn't find it because I had it my thumb over it. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. I guess we're going to start at verse three, uh, chap, chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of self-ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility and value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships, one with another, have the same mindset as Christ, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God this something to be used as his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in an appearance of man, humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on the cross. He submitted himself when he didn't have to. He was on the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the triune being. He submitted himself to Father God as an example of what we are supposed to do. And praise God he did because without him coming here, submitting himself to death and even on a cross, there is no salvation. There is no Christianity. There is yet a lost world with no hope and no Savior. But we're not in that. We have hope. We have a Savior. But we have to be in the same boat that we submit ourselves to God the same way Christ did. Obedient. Oh, obedient. We have to be obedient. Whether it feels good or looks good or you think it's the right thing or not, we have to be obedient and submit ourselves. Because some of us look like little spoiled four-year-old Robbie running around like little hellions going, I'm a Christian. You don't know that? You might have Jesus in your heart, but you don't act like it. Because when we start to act like it, people can see the difference. When we submit ourselves to God's word and to God's plan for our life, it becomes apparent that you are set apart. That is when we're the best witness. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this word. Father, we pray that it'll go out and not return void. It'll produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.